We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Blue Wire. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire and presented by BetOnline.ag. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Joining me today to compare and contrast the wonderful baseball films of Kevin Costner, she is a content producer and reporter for NBC Sports Bay Area, Jessica Kleinschmidt. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me today. No, thank you for having me. I'm really excited for this podcast. I really am. I'm glad. I'm, I'm looking forward. I, will, I could talk about Kevin Costner's sports movies all day but before we get into that um tell the listeners where they can follow you and what you're doing to help folks who need sports content in the uh the quarantine era yeah you can follow me on on twitter that's where i post all of the stuff that i'm doing at kleinschmidt jd and then instagram as well jessica kleinschmidt obviously there's not a lot of live sporting events that i can be showing right now um but we as content producers are are definitely aware of what's going on um, but we're doing the best we can to make sure that everybody's taken care of as far as the escape from all the BS going on right now. Um, NBC Sports has actually kind of turned into a classic, like ESPN classic, if you will. And we all kind of grew up watching that, which is really cool. Um, so we're doing that, a lot of re-airs of stuff that made us fall in love with the game, me specifically. Um, I actually haven't watched any of it only because I'm not, I don't think emotionally ready to, uh, but we have plenty of stuff from all the Bay area teams. And the beauty of that is, is even if you aren't a Bay area fan, um, there's something in there for everyone. Uh, so that's what we're trying to do. And of course, keeping up with the latest. Um, but I'm always open to suggestions about what people want to listen to or read or watch during this time so you guys can always tweet me with any of those suggestions as well i will say the the small small silver lining of this you know everything going on is there has been so much old recycled stuff that's been great to watch i watched multiple home run derbies yesterday which was cool 
Um, it, it's, you know, obviously it's a bummer without any live sports, but there's so much back content that at least there's still stuff for, stuff for you know, sports fans to appreciate. But uh, a lot of what has come up I've seen on my timeline is people, you know, talking about sports movies. I've seen a lot of sports movie brackets and, and things like that. And I think that is where I saw, I think someone asked you what your favorite sports movie was. Mm-hmm. You said for love of the game before we get into your love for, for love of the game. Just, um, I, I ask every first time guest this, what in your opinion makes a good sports movie? That's a great question. And I don't know if I'm the best or worst person to ask. And just over my lifetime, I've, ha- I've had so many hats in the sports world. You know, when I was younger, I was a fan and then I was a player and then I, was wanting to work in the industry. Now that I work in the industry, it's just, it's a different dynamic, but I like a movie that has the perfect balance of a good storyline outside of the actual game, but a good balance of the game itself. Um, And when I'm watching other sport movies, I can't hundred percent confirm if that's what it is like, but I feel like I know baseball very well, not just from a reporter perspective, but just a fan. And I did play baseball up until my sophomore year of high school. So I can't say like I was a professional athlete at all, but um, I can say that I know the little things. And so I like when there's a balance of all of that. And, and I kind of take that into my own personal career because I don't want just sports fans reading or watching my content. I want, somebody who may or may not love the game to still read it. My best friend, Courtney, I love her, but she's just not a huge baseball fan, but she'll still read my stuff. And she tells me like, it's cool to know that it still entertains her from that perspective. So if I want to drag a friend to a movie that is based around a baseball game or a baseball team, they'll still be happy. So I like when everybody can kind of go away from it, liking it or even hating it for a certain reason. So that's probably my thing is when it kind of hits all the right notes. So with that being said, um, you've said For Love of the Game is your favorite sports film. Is it your favorite sports film or your favorite baseball movie? Or I guess it's it's 100% my favorite baseball movie. Um, I I don't know if I have had the time to like sit down and think of a good sport, like my favorite sports movie. I think Remember the Titans certainly comes to mind because you want to talk about hitting all the right notes just from like the soundtrack itself is really good. Um, And then you kind of get in the debate of what's a good, what's a sports movie period, right? Like, is that like how many minutes have to be kind of put around the game? But um, remember the Titans is probably my like all time favorite sports movie. And that's for every reason you could love a movie. That's where it is. Um, But I don't really actually get asked my favorite sports movie. It's always my favorite baseball movie. So thanks for asking that. Well, with uh, For Love of the Game, what makes it just, I mean, we're going to go in deep on on the Costner movies in general, but kind of what makes For Love of the Game your favorite baseball movie? There are a couple like big notes that it hits. Yeah. And I think it's because at every point in my life, I've been able to appreciate a part of it. So when I was just a player, I appreciated it. And obviously I didn't watch it when I was younger, but I appreciated it from wanting because I wanted to one day play baseball. I wanted to be a major league baseball player. I thought I was going to be the the woman who broke the gender barrier. And to know that I would be playing with guys like this it hits that note, you know, and I'm always a sucker for somebody who prolongs the game. That's why I do love the universal DH possibility because we get to see David Ortiz play as long as he could, or maybe one day Joey Votto could continue playing. You know what I mean? So from that perspective, and I like that with this one, and of course there's a love story there too. And there's a lot of behind the scenes type of stuff that people don't really see. I can't hundred percent confirm 
if that is what happens behind the scenes. But and at the end of the day, like Kevin Costner is one of the sexiest men alive. So you put him looks fantastic in a baseball uniform. Amazing. And and he actually knows the sport. And that's a bonus because, you know, you have somebody working on the project who's um, smart in that, who does the research, who grew up with it. And, and, you know, not just the resume of the baseball movies he has themselves, but he grew up playing and and knowing the sport so that certainly helps and then you have Vince Scully in there and then you have John C. Riley as a catcher I can't picture him doing anything else but being a catcher you know what I mean he's scrappy and he's awkward and it's weird but he's and they talk about like their their beautiful relationship that they have with one another and watching no hitters in real life and seeing reporters think or congratulate not just the pitcher but the catcher as well people tend to forget the catcher is a big part of what makes a pitcher great and growing up having a little brother as a catcher he was not appreciated and so i make sure that catchers are appreciated when something a pitcher does is is recognized so that's why it hits all those notes and it's a girl you just see her get her heart broken and we've all been there and it's not just because it's a baseball player but we've all been had our hearts broken and and seeing that happen um that i can resonate with that as well so it literally hits every single note that i have as just a human being well, you mentioned Costner and just, I mean, one, how good he looks in a baseball. He He's the perfect, I mean, on this podcast, I've been fawning over Costner for over a year. Uh-huh. Um, he, he's the best movie athlete. Not only baseball, he's great in golf with uh, with Tin Cup, mm-hmm. but the, the Costner baseball movies are three, of, they're three top tier baseball movies. And me personally, I feel like For Love of the Game gets forgotten a little bit just because Bull Durham and Field of Dreams both came out right around the same time and are considered, you know, best of the best, you know, Hall of Fame style movies. What is your personal ranking of the three Costner baseball movies, Bull Durham, uh, Field of Dreams, and For Love of the Game? Because they're all a little bit different. And I mean, we're going to dive into that more. Well, and I, they're, they're like three different aspects of the game. We can dive into that later. And I was thinking about that earlier. But I just, I think, honestly, this is a hot take. I think Bull Durham's a little overrated. And I think, Ooh. I know, it's definitely a hot take. And We've I'm, got an interesting 30 minutes in front of us. Yeah, and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that from that's a very personal perspective. I hate Susan Sarandon's character so much. And she gives such a crappy name to women that love the sport. But also at the same time, she knows that she like, we know what she's doing. She's sleeping with players. Like we, we know that that's happening. But for me as a woman who is constantly having to tell people that doesn't happen, it just kind of feels like a slap in my face. And I know that would you say Bull Durham has made your job harder? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, but also from a different perspective, like how difficult it was to cover minor league. It's just, especially, I mean, I, co- I covered AAA from in Reno, so it's a different type of minor league baseball, but I've hung out in the minors and like the lower A and, and, and the high A, the double A, and it's such a grind and I appreciate it, but it also stresses me out because I remember how tough it was from that time up into where I am now. Um, so from that perspective, however, on the flip side, it does do, it has, it's a beautiful rendition of how it difficult it is in the minors and how scrappy and how crappy it can be. And there's no money there and, and all of that. And so that's my third. And then Field of Dreams and I think For Love of the Game would almost be tied. I just love For Love of the Game a little bit more. Uh, but Field of Dreams, I don't think I've ever met anybody who can say they don't like that movie. And my dad passed away when I was 19. So when there was that 
scene, them wanting to have a catch, it just, it ruined me, you know, and, and him and I bonded so hardcore over baseball. So I, I love that movie so much because there's the his- historical factor too, which history is a big part of why I love this game. Um, so that's really cool too. So I would say beloved of the game, build of dreams and then Bull Durham. They all kind of like you said, they are all doing a different thing. Each, each, each movie has a different job. So comparing and contrasting them is kind of, kind of, odd, kind of like an odd job just because it's not like you're comparing apples to apples here. It's apples to oranges and bananas. Um, let's take a quick sponsor break and then we'll come back and start comparing for love of the game, Bull Durham and Field of Dreams. Big Screen Sports is presented by BetOnline.ag. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline.ag, still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. Turn your quarantine place into your own casino. That sounds like a win to me. Uh, it's all open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stocks, even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's 100%. That is all your money plus your money. With your first deposit, be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. That's all one word, BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. All right, and we're back. Um, Jessica, so we the, the thesis for this episode is we are going to just kind of compare, contrast, discuss the baseball works of Kevin Costner, I've broken it down into a few categories. Um, and let's start with something that each movie does better than the other. What, what just for you, what is, we'll start with your favorite. What does For Love of the Game do better than both Field of Dreams and Bull Durham? Or, yeah, Field of Dreams and Bull Durham. I feel... That's a difficult question to answer only because we are seeing different aspects of the game. Um, from a media perspective, I feel like um, For Love of the Game does a good job of how we cover it in the media. Um, and I know a lot of times players get paranoid with how we're covering it. And it's nice to see that like, Kevin Costner was yelling at Kelly Preston at one point saying, you know, the press doesn't even believe in me. And, and that broke my heart because... I'm the complete opposite. I'm always the romantic person. I don't care if you if your arm's falling off, I will still push you and say, this guy might be a win a Cy Young this year. That's obviously an exaggeration, but I'm always going to root for the for the player and every aspect. Um, if, he, if, if Unless he's like a complete tool, then, you know, or does, does cheats and, and stuff like that. But one of those aspects. So um, Cheaters I in baseball? No. Never happens. Um, but I, so I really like, that aspect but I do think that they stayed true to the game of baseball and I think that's the most important part all three of them the thing about for love of the game I think it's the best baseball movie ever in depicting an MLB broadcast like the actual major league baseball vibes and not a lot of movies have tried to do it some have been really bad at it like Mm -hmm. uh, the scout but there's some like major league I feel like it is is good but it's a little more campy yeah. Uh, and and I say that in full love. I love that movie. The For Love of the Game with like Vince Scully, old Yankee Stadium, the sounds, the heckling New York fans. It's it's amazing. It's um it's it's generated for massive chill effect. I think it's I think it's perfectly done. I agree. Uh, and and even you know cuz I watch I really fell in love with the movie Pitch. 
and or the show pitch and um i think they did a really good job from the media side but too good of a job from the media side where the game was almost second but at the same time having covered the game and i was talking to some of the people that work in the game we often forget like we're so busy thinking about all these other things we forget that there's a game that's actually going to be played because you know for me I have two stories out before the game even plays and then I have two stories out after and I have to write off of this and then get interviews and do that and then I have to prep the next day and then figure out who I can interview because I have to figure out who's pitching and then this series and so on and so forth so I feel like pitched it too good of a job with the media because like I said a lot of people had hands in it that were part of the media but we forget that the game's actually gonna be played but then also the thing I loved about just Kevin Costner is he actually looks like a ball player like an old school ball player and the movie pitch I know she was a woman but she had no she did not look like a ball player that should be in the major leagues and that was just from her mechanics and I've had I had scouts watch that and they got so pissed off because if you're trying to make this a real thing, you're almost forgetting the fact that a game does need to be played. And I'm glad that they thought about that from these these three movies. And that wasn't the case in Pitch. That's kind of the original genesis of this podcast is appreciating authentic actors and athletes and authentic plot points in sports movies and kind of you know lambasting ones that didn't. We I have a normal a, a category that I usually call the Kevin Costner. Uh, best best athlete award and the Freddie Prince Jr. worst athlete award. Uh, yeah, shout out shout out summer catch. Yes. Um, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? Bull Durham did the best of the three. Um, I definitely feel like it, it was a the community aspect um, from a minor league perspective. Um, they're gods there, uh, and I think that genuinely show showed in that movie. And you know the guy that's going to make it big that was very true he just kind of ran that team but he also still had stuff to learn so I really think the community aspect of how a minor league game goes and minor leagues just different that literally they don't care about the baseball game they genuinely don't it's about putting seats butts in seats and that I mean look at all the weird promotional nights they have you know so that goes to show from that perspective um but I would say just how it takes to run a minor league baseball team. It's such a grind. I've said that before and it's just insane what you have to do. So it's cool. It's cool to see from that, that perspective. Yeah. It really gets the benefit of depicting the vibes of minor league baseball. I know the other two movies aren't trying to do that. Um, so it, it's not as though Bull Durham did it better, but the movie benefits from that. I think it's the funniest of the three. The other two aren't really trying. They have, they have, you know, their quirks, their, their, you know, a lot of it is like Costner's quick wit and for love of the game. Um, some, some gen- some James Earl Jones stuff in field of dreams. That's actually really funny, but Bull Durham actually tries to be funny and have those, you know, funny line, um, you know, stuff, you know, candlesticks, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Exactly. Um, for field, what makes, uh, what did field of dreams do the best in your opinion? The, well, there was a, wasn't there a weird situation like Shoeless Joe? The the guy was batting the wrong way or something. That is, yeah, for me, yeah. that's the that's the to to skip ahead. That is the worst part of uh, yeah. Of the dreams for me is that uh, Shoeless Joe is left handed. Ray Liotta is batting right handed. Right, and it's like they didn't bother. They could have flipped it, and I, it's. Uh, Almost an inexcusable error. Especially when you have someone like Kevin Costner who's so who's who's on that staff. So that kind of annoyed me. But 
I did like the, the rest of it historically, I feel they did a beautiful job. Um, and I, you know, I don't know the original story, so I don't know if they did it like did that justice. Um, but it did, it was one of those movies that you just leave feeling warm and fuzzy. And there's so many aspects of it that everybody can relate to because don't you watch a movie and you're worried, like if you're ever in a situation where you, you see dead baseball players on a field and nobody would believe you. Right. So I, I, you almost get stressed to match that. Like you see these movies where they see ghosts or the invisible man or these things happening. You're scared that nobody's going to believe you and these things happen. So it's nice to see that he like gets that and people actually believe that this is going to happen and people go to see that. And that's amazing. So that kind of shows that even if you are not a huge baseball fan, you can appreciate history. And the fact this person did all this was willing to lose his home to do it. That's great. And then, so I kind of like that aspect and just, you know, people come, the one commonality they all have is the game and a game's not even being played and people just come to see it. That's like insane to me. And, and so that's kind of cool from that aspect, but I do, I liked how people that don't even like the movie or like baseball loved that movie. And I think that's super important to pay attention to, to sometimes. Field of Dreams relies on the nostalgia, the emotion, just the passion that baseball can bring and that how baseball can extend into your life. Um, Field of Dreams is the best movie for anyone who needs a good emotional cry. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's just I we covered uh, we've covered Field of Dreams most recently on this podcast. Haven't covered Bull Durham yet, but uh, covered Field of Dreams about a month ago. And yeah, that's just the whole it's it's just the most emotional movie without it being overkill and it just it works with the passion of baseball it's just perfect as far as how each movie you know did depicting baseball i feel like they all did a they all did a pretty good job and that hinges on kevin costner being involved he's 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 a great athlete um he has to do more in bull durham and for love of the game obviously but i think bull durham and field of dreams have two glaring issues one that you mentioned ray liotta batting right-handed instead of left-handed and then Bull Durham with Tim Robbins on the hill. I think it's the biggest red flag in that movie besides, you know, any problems with the surrounding character. The actual baseball problems, I think it's Tim Robbins. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I don't I don't see him like as a professional baseball player. I just don't. And in that and even like when you're watching Kevin Costner and For Love of the Game, he just he's playing an old school baseball player. Like he's not relying on his velocity when he's in his 19th year, how many seasons he was in. And you know that because like, like for me, I'm really close with Dallas Braden and I've been able to hear him talk about pitching and same thing with him. Like you look at his average fastball velocity growing up and playing, he didn't even average 90 miles an hour. He had to really study his opponents and look at it from a different perspective, which as a woman who has never played this game, I'm glad I have somebody that I can lean on and be like, oh, you actually, you can study the game and be good at analyzing it. And I think that's why Dallas is so beautiful at what he does now. And so I think that kind of puts your mentality into what this pitcher does. And he was winning all his time. And so I feel like we often forget just as fans, or if you're a fantasy baseball player, that these guys are human beings. So he had to go through the fact of the retirement situation. And I've never, I feel like that was kind of done wrong. And I, and maybe I'm not sure, but I feel from 
you know, when Clint Barmas came to me or he announced that he was retiring, it was never like he was approached to with that from a team owner saying, hey, you need to retire. I don't think that's an accurate storyline, but I think they needed one. And I think the people that were to, that were to come to you for retiring would be like a trainer maybe or a doctor or maybe your wife or something like that. So I didn't like that aspect, but I did like that we could all relate to Kevin Costner because if you're a baseball purist, you know you don't have to throw velocity and have this 90-mile-an-hour fastball to still continue your career as you depend on, like, your specialty pitches. And, I mean, look how the batters are only knowing the uptick in velocity. Like Buster Posey was saying the other – I interviewed him, and he was like, these guys are throwing so hard, and I don't remember that back in the day. So if you're throwing slower, like, these these batters aren't going to hit you. So I think that's kind of cool from that dynamic. But – we were lucky and spoiled from that for love of the game. We didn't get that in Bull Durham. Yeah, I love that they they put a lot into okay, how is Billy Chapel getting these guys out? A lot of yeah. his craft. He does that uh, that dip down from the side mm-hmm. for that for that strikeout in the movie. I love that aspect. The thing with the the whole retirement thing, the uh, I think my least again I, I'm jumping ahead, but I think my like the the worst part about for love of the game is it's part of the retirement thing but it's also like the giants want to trade for you it's like it's september they're not yeah. really, they're not really thinking about that that's not a thing but i mean there is that sense of when players are getting older especially when they are not on good teams a lot of the time it doesn't make sense like you know hypothetically there is a chance that the Dodgers are going to need to move on from Clayton Kershaw at some point where he does not fit the mold of what's happening in their franchise in some point or another. And I, I'd imagine for icons, which in for love of the game, Billy Chapel is an icon in Detroit. There are conversations, maybe not exactly like that, but okay, let's, let's try to figure out a way to part ways in some, in some form that, that work for you too, because we respect you as a player. It's not going to be like, Hey, I'm selling the team and you're getting traded to the giants. Sorry, my guy. But, um, I mean, all three movies do a good job with baseball. It's just that there's the, I I don't know if it's like the urban legend or actually having, but Robin's throwing his arm out early into filming and it's very, very apparent. And I I wonder that goofy nuke wind up and like Robin's, you know, limp noodle arm and supposedly having this incredible fastball is almost like a part of the bull Durham culture now. Like you just kind of think of that weird windup, but I almost wonder what it would have looked like with someone who was either more athletic or a, just a healthy uh, Tim Robbins. Yeah. And I guess like, and that, but that's kind of interesting too, right? You think of, I, when I watch like AJ Puck and Chris Bassett throw, they're like lanky as hell. But then I, but then the ball's going 90 plus, especially AJ Puck, who can top out at probably triple digits without And he trying. puts it on the batter from like 50 feet away because he's exactly. so Exactly. Exactly. He's 25 feet tall. And so you're, you're, you're no, you're no, that's how it's going to be with him. But even Chris Bassett, he's not the tallest guy in the world, but he's lanky and he has this, and he gets so low to the ground where he looks like he could have been in Bull Durham. And you would have been like, how is this guy like? knocking him in and has this high velocity but he did it and obviously he has a job in the bigs and he's doing fine but it's so it's interesting from that dynamic too because if you're not a huge baseball geek you're not going to notice these things right like my courtney god bless her if i told her this she'd be like 
I really don't care. You know, it's just like, okay, sorry, sorry. But then she'll just continue watching the movie and she probably wouldn't even give a crap about the baseball perspective. But that's the cool part is if you take that baseball perspective, is it still going to be a good movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think all three movies do a good enough job that you can get over any minor imperfections. There are movies that just fail the test completely and you, you know, they're they're almost unwatchable because of it. Um, let's get into which movie you know, has the best scene or the best scene of, of each movie. What's your, what's your favorite scene in for love of the game? Oh boy. Um, mine is easy. Okay. It's the, the Gus Sinski speech when he comes out and he, you know, it's the just throw. We don't stink right now. We're the best team in baseball. I'm just a sucker for that. It gives me the chills. What's the matter? I don't know if I have anything left. Chappie. You just throw whatever you got. Whatever's left. The boys are all here for you. We'll back you up. We'll be there. Because, Billy... We don't stink right now. We're the best team in baseball right now, right this minute, because of you. You're the reason. We're not going to screw that up. We're going to be awesome for you right now. Just throw. That's my that's my favorite uh, I, in that movie. I, yeah, I, I love that too. I have a couple. I really like when um, that player, you know, the, the ball bounces off of his head. So he's getting kind of lectured by Billy saying like, don't let them make a joke out of you. Like it was a very, you know, rookie to veteran type of move which I really appreciated and like just how we handle it as the media was kind of cool too and I I, and I would have been really it would have been really cool to be a member of the media and see me personally expecting him to like make a joke of it but he was like you know what and like a pro about it and I think that would have been cool to see but I really liked the scene just because I'm weird um, when she like surprises him in Florida and like he had just banged the masseuse and like you're just kind of like this is awkward, but like we also this is going so south yeah, so fast. Yeah, so, but it's also like really funny. Like she's bless her heart. She was trying to be all romantic, and he was just like, "No, that's not gonna happen." And but even he was cute about it. He's like, "No matter what you see in five minutes, like seeing you, my heart jumped out of the chest, like my chest." And so it's kind of funny in, on those dynamics. But I just thought it was weird because how awkward it was. <laughs> It, that one's a tough it's that honestly might be my least favorite scene not because it's a bad scene but it's just very painful to watch yeah you're just like oof, and like one of those where you know you feel the anxiety coming through the screen you're like oh that's tough that's tough yeah yeah um the best scene in field of dreams i i mean had this problem about a month ago and I covered it, it's like really the entire last 20 minutes doesn't break up into scenes Mm -hmm. because it kind of starts with the James Earl Jones speech and then you get Karen falling off and choking and Doc Graham saving her and then it goes into you want to have a catch and that's that's like a big run. There's a lot of great sequences in in Field of Dreams, but I, I mean... It's hard to pick one and then it'd be like, well, the whole last 20 minutes is a scene. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, is there a favorite moment you have from Field of Dreams? I mean, to be like the simplistic person, it'd just be, you know, you want to have a catch. But I just, and I 
can resonate with that on so many different levels. Like what I would do to play with my father, a game of catch. I don't even know. So that was just, and we would play catch too. I've played catch with him before. And to be able to relive that would, I would give, I would give up my life to do that. And I know that's dramatic, but I absolutely would. So I agree with you. It's like the entirety of the scene. Like even not just that part, but there's so many different elements. Like he's willing to give up his life to save this little girl. Like that's amazing too, you know? And, and just the little girl, like she did a beautiful job. Like she was just down. She's like, dad, no, it's chill. Like people are going to come like, let's do this. And, and that was cool. Cause there's such an innocence about her. And even the wife, what a badass dude. She was just like, Okay, I'll deal with it. Whatever. Like, let's Amy Madigan is the unsung hero of that movie. Like 100%. the chillest spouse of all time. Like, yeah, yeah you want to build a baseball field? Fuck it. That's yeah. your prerogative. Like, let's do this. Yeah, because I mean, I, I like to think I would be that kind of wife. But would I? I don't know. You know what I mean? So it's but she does it, you know, and was she actually like that? Probably not the entire time, considering they were, you know, not going to be able to live off of it. But I agree. But I, I mean. I'm not just lying when I say the, the have a game of when I have a catch, like just ruins me and makes me happy at the same time. I mean, it's the ultimate like father child movie. It is. It really is. Um, I want to go hug my dad and hug my kid at the same time. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Um, I, the, just from a baseball perspective, the James Earl Jones speech about, you know, baseball has been our constant and it, that, is just incredible because even when baseball feels like it's letting you down at times, like, you know, if hypothetically a team has been like cheating with science stealing and you, or, you know, MLB tries to screw amateurs in the draft, this is all hypothetical. Um, you can still feel like I can watch that speech and still be like, God, baseball is so pure. So incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I love no, I that. agree. And that's, that's the type of voice he has too. But then in the middle of it, you always remember Sandlot too, right? Every yes. single time you're like, oh, crap, I forgot he's in Sandlot. He's that guy. And so you just get tingly from that. You're like, oh, there's that connection there, too. And that's like the the all-American movie right there from the kids, you know, our age growing up. Right. So, yeah, I kinda exactly. like for, Yeah. So that was really cool, too. And just, you know, then you think of the Lion King and then you think of all these things. And then next, thing you know, you're like, I need to go push a boulder or something and, you know, it's just I don't know. There's just would so run through things. a brick wall for James run, Earl Jones. Run through a brick wall for for James Earl Jones, and I'm gonna name my firstborn Mike Trout. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> um, Bull Durham. I have a tough time picking like a favorite scene in Bull Durham because Bull Durham is also it's a lot of Bull Durham is like little moments. Yeah, it's a lot of just like it's like the I guess like the whole the candlestick saying the the mound conference the mound visit. That's mm-hmm. a you know that's a scene, but it's like it's the little quotes. It's the, and I mean, a lot of it is all the Costner quotes, how baseball savvy, his character, you know, hit the ball. You know, if this guy tries to throw that by me, I'm taking him downtown. It's just stuff like that. I don't know if I have a favorite bull Durham scene. Do you? I don't think I do. I do like the very, very end, just like when he comes back and it's like raining outside and the music's playing. That's just from a girl perspective, very romantic to me. Um, but other than that, not really, <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm not like in love with that movie. So, yeah, it's almost, there's not like when I turn it on, it's not almost, it's not as though, Hey, there's a scene I can't wait for. It's just like, I love all these little moments. Like my favorite scene might be when he gets them all in the shower and does the lollygagger speech. 
There you go. Like it's just stuff like that is just incredible. So as far which movie do you think has the best scene, the ultimate the the scene? If you turn it on TV and you're hoping the scene comes on, which movie of the three has the best? Field of, Field of Dreams without a doubt. Um but I feel like that has a lot to do with the fact that that's a movie that you don't have to love baseball to appreciate. I feel like you do have to love baseball to appreciate for love of the game in Bull Durham. I just, I a hundred percent think that you do. And I don't think you have to for a field of dreams. So if I were watching it with like a significant other or a friend, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, watch this. And you explain that to them, explain what had happened. They would probably be so excited. But if you explain you know, the weird scenes that you see in For Love of the Game or the, 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 the scenes that I get excited about, like Vince Scully talking or, you know, John C. Riley being scrappy or whatever. I don't think people would appreciate that. And same with Bull Durham. So I think probably the Field of Dreams. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, category to I, I put on here to compare the cast. I think this is the one where there's not a, as much separation between the movies. I think all three are impeccably cast. It starts with Costner. Right. He is, he's the pinnacle. He is, if you need a good sports movie and you don't need it to be draft day, you, you call Kevin Costner and he makes it happen. Right. But in each movie, he is surrounded by great casting. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I think Field of Dreams has the most good performances. Yes. But they're all good. Do you have a cast that you prefer of the three? Um, I don't like Susan Sarandon's character, but that's just because it's personal. Um, but fair, uh, completely yeah, fair. Yeah, but I, I agree. I really love the Field of Dreams cast because you're right. There's like, and even the music is good. And like, you have to love Ray Liotta and everything he does because if not, his Goodfellas side gets come, comes out and you get popped. That's just how it happens. He goes this, then Goodfellas, yes. which is just incredible back to back. That is probably one of my top five favorite movies is Goodfellas. I and love then that. 30 movie. years later, the Chantix commercials. Yeah. So, I mean, either way, I you have to stop and watch because if you don't, like I said, you get popped. Sleep mm-hmm, with the fishes. For sure. Sleep with, sleep with the fishes. Um, and, but I, it, I really do love the way that um, it was portrayed for for love of the game too. I do because there was that one scene when he gets in the helicopter after he cuts himself and he looks at her and says, the only person that's important to me right now is my trainer. And then you're like, damn dude, no matter what, she's always going to be second to baseball. And that's tough for anybody to grip with. And I, you know, we've all been there. We've chosen like our job over our significant other or something like our hobbies over our significant other. And you have to take a step back and realize that's insane. And that's why, you know, eight years later or whatever, she says like the relationship you have with the diamond, she couldn't compete with that, you know? And so that's a really cool moment. And, and I liked her character a lot because she could give two craps about the game, but she was willing to embrace the game too. And seeing her get like yelled at by this guy at the, you know, airport bar who likes to pretend like he knows and you know I've obviously been there people like to pretend they know more about baseball than me most of the time they're men but it's fine and and so she was dealing with that and and you know not caring but caring at the same time and so I really liked her character even though a lot of people didn't and I and I don't know why but I think it was because she was just so not invested in the game and I really appreciated that for some weird reason I just did 
they work together. I mean, yes. I feel like Costner has chemistry with anyone. Yeah. He's he's naturally good at that. But they they do work well together. Sarandon and Costner work well together too in a very in a much more aggressive way, mm-hmm. I would say. Um the the Sarandon Robin stuff, which you know, ironically enough, they were partners for decades, but they I don't think they're they were as compatible as as Costner and, and Sarandon. Costner is just surrounded by good actors and actresses in these movies and for love of the game i you know i you mentioned it the the relationship between him and gus john c Riley, um jk simmons as a manager really enjoyed that it is weird seeing his meeting with the owner in the beginning now because the owner is logan roy from success from uh succession mm-hmm. which if you watch succession now you can't think of him as anything else right but uh but logan roy but I mean, Field of Dreams, you just have to shout out, like, James Earl Jones. Burt Lancaster in his final role. You already mentioned, you know, Leota. Amy Madigan, just the most understanding spouse of all time. Yes. They all, I mean, and it's probably why all three of these movies are thought of so highly. They're just all so well cast. You can't really, you can't pick one or the other. Um, but let's go into something that, that might be a little more debatable, what the worst part of each movie is. Okay. I think I think we know what your your least favorite part of Bull Durham is. <laughs> yes, yes. My least favorite part is Robbins' throwing motion. I mean, it, right. we, we've talked about that in length. Um, I've already mentioned my For Love of the Game worst part, the Giants saying they'll trade for Billy in September. I think that's an ex- I think they just could have come up with a better reason. Do you have a, a low point for For Love of the Game? Um, it's, the, it's kind of the same scene. It's just like when he was like, you know, you need to retire. Like, how dare you tell a player when he should retire? I've never seen a player think like, well, you know, the owner came up to me and and I think I decided to retire right now. And I've literally broken the news that Clint Barmas retired and he says the same thing that all the other guys do. And just your body doesn't want to work anymore. Your body cannot match what your mind wants it to do. So for it to come from a business perspective, which maybe does happen more often than I'm aware it was bullshit and really hurt my feelings, you know? Um, so I think from that, that really pissed me off. Like you want me to retire? Like you're the owner and you're not even, you sold the team. You have no way to say this. Like, are you kidding me? So that kind of pissed me off. The only real life situation I can think of when an athlete wanted to keep playing, or at least was thought about keep like continuing their career but was told no is all those stories that came out after Peyton Manning's last year where he was thinking about going to try to find another job and everyone from like his his father like his family everyone was just like Peyton you it's time to hang it up dude well yeah family family is fine like if your spouse wants to be like honey your arm's literally falling off like stop stop it that's one thing but for an owner of a team was like, you should retire and or, you know, you're going to get traded to the Giants. Like, what? If that if he really wanted to get traded with the Giants, that would have been a BS move that actually was going to happen. Then what? You go on the Giants and then, well, what time setting was the set around? I don't know. But, like, you're going to hang out there for – and then what? That's that's weird to me. Detroit to Giants is the weirdest thing ever. But what are the Giants giving up for Billy Chapel? He's forty. Ooh. They flash his stats early in the game. He's not good. That would have been don't a know move. How many tickets like he's gonna sell? Kyle, I don't get it. That would have been a move they've done like this year, for sure, in a heartbeat. Because that's what they did with with Hunter Pence. They wanted to bring him, and then they want like you know obviously Posey's on the team, Crawford, and then Paul, like all this reunion stuff. The nostalgia all stars. The nostalgia, yeah. Then bring somebody like that who could sell tickets because that's back when people actually cared about baseball. 
And, and so that's kind of an interesting dynamic too. I would see that move happening this season. No problem. I can see Farhan getting, getting him for, and then wanting to beef up the like, but then he also wants to beef up the prospects too. So maybe not, I don't know. I'm all over the place. I don't know. It'd be an interesting dynamic. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Did you have a low point for field of dreams? Any, any worst part of field of dreams? We already mentioned the, the Leota thing. Was there anything else for you? I think just like how he was being such a pest, like pestering James Earl Jones, like that annoyed me. And then like, also, like I said, what if I was going through a similar situation where I saw dead baseball players on a field and nobody believed me, I want to make sure I looked around and I was like, would my friends like truly listen to me? If I said, y'all, I see dead baseball players in a corn maze and I need to knock it down and build a baseball field. I don't want to hear any shit about it from you. Would they be cool with it? You know? So I took a look at my friends if if I really cared about them enough to keep them around. Because if I ever go through a situation and they look at me like I'm eating, taking crazy pills, I don't want to be their friends anymore. Well, I have I've climbed on this soapbox before on this podcast. Actually last week and during the Field of Dreams episode, but Mark, the the brother in Field of Dreams gets a really tough look because he's seen as a jerk, but he's the he can't see these dead people on the field. Right. And he, he's seeing he's just seeing his sis, his sister and brother in law not be able to pay their mortgage. And he's trying to give them the sweet deal. He keeps having to roll up to their farm, getting dust in the tires of his super cool Jeep. I can't imagine that's great for him. I feel bad for the guy. Like, and as soon as he can see the dead players, he's like, oh, wow, look at that. We're not selling the farm. But I, I think he gets painted as a scapegoat. I think it's really unfair. I, I you know, I do agree to that to that extent because, but yeah, he does look kind of, kind of a jackass. And he is trying to help them at the end of the day, his sister and stuff, so. But I would, I, he reminds me of my little brother. Like, my little brother knows sometimes I'm just very much a free spirit. And I go to the, you know, march to the beat of my own drum. And he's always, like, analytical and money. And so if I were to do this, he would be, like, he would be that character in a heartbeat, 100%. I just have a soft spot for him because he plays Lou Collins in Little Big League. My, probably my favorite twin until Joe Mauer came along, if we're <gasps> being honest. That's true. Okay. I like sweet, that. Sweet swinging Lou Collins, who was the, yeah. kind of the precursor to Joe Mauer. That's true. That is well, true. Let's get into my favorite category of every episode. My favorite thing to talk about with sports movies is the big chill moment, the moment that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. I think all three of these movies have moments like this. I think one less than others, and that's actually my favorite, which is Bull Durham. Bull Durham, and I think it is hard to pick one. The only one I have for Bull Durham is when Crash homers to break the record and Annie's narrating, and it's just kind of like this anonymous thing. And I think you have to understand the gravity of Crash's career and minor league baseball and what kind of a dubious honor in his mind this is. But it's just like how he's done everything anonymously playing for some, you know, his 10th team or whatever it is. And that moment always gets me. It's like this incredible accomplishment, but at the same time, it's not. I agree. And I think it has a lot to do with, I've seen the minors and I see how guys don't make it. You know, when you're covering AAA, it's the most difficult thing because the, the guys either have gotten a taste or they'll never get a taste you know, and so that's always difficult. And to see no matter how hard you work, you may not get up there. But, you know, I've covered some of the the biggest names in the minor leagues. Do you know what I mean? So I loved seeing that 
from from that perspective and you know I'm talking about somebody getting excited and people are like who the hell is that you know and I'm like yeah it's hard to explain but he was great to cover and and all this other stuff and when you become a legend it doesn't matter where you were but you know I think he and he loved living that life and that was kind of a beautiful thing from that perspective so yeah but I did like the beginning too just her the way that she did narrate at the beginning and to see like how, you know, them getting the field together and stuff. That was just a cool moment for me because, you know, to hear a woman narrating it and then just seeing, like, we've all seen the behind-the-scenes stuff. We get to a game early or something like that. That just kind of makes me feel good. There's been no movie that's the perfect example of minor league baseball, like has it down to a T, but Bull Durham is a really good intro to minor league baseball. For sure. I think I agree for your your big chill moments for for love of the game and field of dreams. I think field of dreams is probably kind of obvious for everyone. It's do you want to have a catch? Um, what about for love of the game? I, I really thought it was this is very, very weird. But you know, she goes to the first game. And um, all the girls are like talking shit to her like, Oh, this is this week's blonde. But then you know, his BFFs wife is like you're fine this is cool and then he throws her a ball which is like growing up that was the cutest thing and then even I know it's like a romantic thing but like when I was younger I just thought it was a a cool thing to have a baseball player throw a ball at you and to know that he just kind of did that and he had all these things to do that was like a really small moment because I've heard about wives getting bullied before before they were wives and they were just like a girlfriend and to see that actually happen I thought it was really actually kind of beautifully depicted and and all that other stuff that was really cool to know that eventually she gets respected and all that but the bullying is real and I've seen it before and so that was cool to see that like have somebody have her back because that doesn't happen it really doesn't um and so that's definitely a cool moment for me but then I also liked the moment when he was on the stationary bike talking to his trainer and this trainer was like, you're going to give up. And then I liked when he walked away and he's like, you're going to be helping me, help me out. You better get your mind right. And that's true. Like he was surrounded by a lot of people who were saying, you can't do this. You can't do this. And it's not like a Peyton Manning S thing. Like where they're giving him respect with it. They were like being kind of rude about it. Like, stop, you're not going to do this, whatever. And I liked how he was like, if you're going to be here tomorrow, you better be on my side because I'm going to do this. I'm sorry. Like I'm going to. And that was a really cool moment for me because I you know, know what it's like to have people doubt you. The thing that makes great athletes great a lot of the times will just come down to the belief in themselves and that belief being completely unending. And in that scene you're describing, that's exactly what Costner is doing. Um, Just in in a side note, in a uh, my my other podcast that I've talked about on this podcast from Fionn on the Farm, I have an interview depending on when this episode is dropping, I think dropping the next day, I don't know what the uh, current professional pitcher named Robbie Rowland, who is currently unsigned, but in the interview, he he's still he's dead set on going to the big leagues, and I I believe him. Mm-hmm. And Costner in 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 that scene, coming back from that injury that that gnarly cut on his hand, is he's displaying that. And you're right in that that is a a big chill moment because it, that is a moment that the best of the best will have that moment in some way or another where they're being doubted or even might have some self-doubt and are managing to 
gather that all together and say, no, I'm going for it. I'm going to be successful and you can either help me out or you can get the hell out of my way. Right. And I also appreciated his mental breakdown because we need to see more of that. We don't, I don't want to see the players have it all together. I don't want to see that at all. I want to know that they're real. They're not robots. And I think that was a cool rendition of what actually happens. And he took it out on her, which was not fair, but it was real, you know? So I really liked that. It's one of the few sports movies that actually will dive into the mental state of players unless the actual, uh, you know, the whole theme of the movie is that like a movie like the Phenom. With that all being said, my big chill moment and for love of the game is the we don't stink right now speech because I'm a sucker for that. Yeah. Um, But as far as which movie has the best one, I feel like do you want to have a catch might be the big chill moment in the history of sports movies and maybe in the history of cinema. It's up there. It's it's definitely up there. Um, I think you're a Hall of Famer in my book for Remember the Titans is a pretty good part. Um, But I also know that that is, A, based on a true story. And you know that he gave up a lot of shit to to give that moment up, you know? And so I thought that was cool. But I, I definitely think baseball movie of all time, that's the best chill moment for sure. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, let's get into, let's talk before more of a store. It's something that on a normal episode we, you know, discuss is the movie we're talking about. Would it be better with a prequel, a sequel, or a remake? I don't think, it, for any of these three, I don't think you can remake Field of Dreams. I don't think anyone want to see it. I think people might just be too cynical about it. I think that movie was lightning in a bottle. Do you think Field of Dreams can be re- remade in any fashion? No. And it better not, or I will have a fucking fit. Yeah, you can't do it. Cannot do it. Um, I have a mix of excitement and worry knowing they might remake Bull Durham at some point. I could see that. I've actually heard some stuff. I've heard some stuff, um, and I don't want to reveal anything, but they're actually going to bring me in to be involved, um, which is kind of cool. They want to have a show covering a minor league front office, and that's kind of interesting. So they were they're curious about that perspective which means there's not that much baseballs like games are going to be involved but I think there's enough minor league baseball players on social media and willing to talk about it where that could be beautifully done actually show covering minor league front office is essentially that was like an audio version of cocaine just hitting my hitting my brain that was exactly what I needed to hear in the world yeah Um, if you were going to do something exactly like Bull Durham I think Bull Durham would actually make sense as an extended like a limited series if you did like a six to ten episode series and try to do that as far as for remaking for love of the game I don't think for love of the game makes sense in a, a series format would you like to see that movie be attempted again I don't know. I feel like I would be too cynical these days because I see so many things behind the scenes where I just get kind of frustrated with if they were doing it right and that would take away from the movie itself. So I don't know. I definitely would want it to be a movie and not a series because I feel like there wouldn't, I feel like a movie would be more appropriate. I, I literally just thought of this, but I was thinking you could do it with a, if you remade it, you could do it with a position player. And it almost like you think about how Jeter went out and you, you do something similar to that. And it's like him and they're, they're similar in a few ways, like apparently notorious bachelors in their day, mm-hmm. um, maybe stayed a little bit too long in their career. 
Uh, you know, so doing it with remaking for love of the game with a position player could be interesting, kind of going yeah. through their last game. But um, I, I'm at the point where, yeah, I don't know if I want to see anyone, you know, possibly ruin my favorite movies. But at the same time, I would like to see more baseball movies. So it's kind of a catch 22 in that regard. I want to finish up with something I didn't put on the run sheet. And I'm just going to put you on the spot for Okay. which movie had the best Costner. Ah, oh, for love of the game. He's so sexy in that movie. That oh was my quick. Gosh, he's so sexy in that movie. And I think yeah, it's just but because... if you're going off the sex appeal in Bull Durham, he's like ironing in his whitey tidies. But I like him as a guy who's able to, you know, he was dealing with all the BS of, of her daughter and staying around kind of. And I'm at that point in my life where I need somebody who can deal with some BS. You know what I mean? So I, I liked that. And he just he was just more of a man to me in I mean Field of, of Dreams, he's like hot dad hall of fame. But I just I, I guess sure, but I just I think I like and I liked how he knew I feel I just liked it. I don't know. I don't know why. I just I liked it. You are entitled to your opinion. I will always stand for Crash Davis. He's my favorite sports movie character. Jessica Kleinschmidt, thank you so much for coming on Big Screen Sports. Tell the listeners again where they can follow you and find your work. Um, at KleinschmidtGD on Twitter and Jessica Kleinschmidt on Instagram. And if you enjoy this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember, subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcast. Uh, new episodes coming every Monday. Also, please make sure to check out From Phenom to the Farm, my interview series presented by Baseball America that comes at you every other Tuesday. Like I said earlier, new episode featuring uh, former Diamondbacks third-round pick Robbie Rowland coming at you very soon. And until then, we'll catch you next Monday. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.